It is Monday morning. This is episode 18 of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Bellafato. He is Joe Fan. Joe, ugly, ugly week nine. I gotta say, it was not enjoyable pretty much the whole time. <laughs> that was one of the more insane Sundays of football I've ever seen. Yeah. And you get to the point where, is anybody good? <laughs> is anybody good? Is everyone terrible? Right? In a way, it's fun because there are stretches of of each season, and it was that was this you know way earlier in the year mm-hmm. uh, where it was just everything was chalk. Yes, and that's no fun. I mean, I guess it makes it sort of easy from a betting standpoint. Um, but while this was an infuriating weekend from a betting standpoint, it was really fun from the standpoint of who are the good teams. The parody is real. You can't just chalk anyone, write them into the Super Bowl, or even you know, conference championship games. Mm-hmm. We're going to break down a number of the, the of games in this slate that were insane upsets, but the chaos was real in week nine. Yeah, and then now there's so many questions in terms of are they really a bad team? Was that just an anomaly? Are these crappy teams who we thought were crappy actually not that crappy? It was a very interesting week. I'm happy that it's over or about to be over. Uh, you say that, but this Monday night game I was gonna say, has the potential I was gonna to be say. <laughs> the, the cherry on top. Stellar Monday night action between the Bears and Steelers. Does it get any better? Uh, so we'll wrap up week nine. We'll look ahead a bit to week 10, and then we'll give out some winning picks for tonight's game. I love it. Before we get into those games, let's do our victory lap and hold this L. My victory lap is in the Colts and Jets games. Game. I took Jonathan Taylor over 17 and a half receiving yards. You and I talked about uh, taking running back receiving props. They continued to hit. Uh, this hit before the half. It was nice, sweat free. Didn't have to stress too much. I also want to mention my college parlay. College parlay that hit on Saturday. Kind like of what that. I just threw together last minute. I took Mississippi State. I gave that out on our show on Thursday, and then I put that together with what a Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, it hit plus 600. That was fun. So those were my victory laps. How about you, John? Very well done. Um, for me, I got a lot wrong this weekend. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the Patriots minus three and a half against the Panthers felt like easy money. Mm-hmm. It, it was easy money. They win 24 to six in a game dominated by the Patriots defense. Mac Jones didn't have to do a whole lot. He wasn't great. The Panthers defense continues to be stingy, particularly against the pass. But... For those of you who bet on Sam Darnold against Bill Belichick. Shame on you. Shame on you. (laughs) You should have seen this coming. Sam Darnold is 0-4 against the spread against Bill Belichick. He's 0-4 straight up against the Patriots with one touchdown, nine interceptions, and two fumbles lost. I was, oh, I sat right here in this chair and and shot a social video and was like, Sam Darnold has turned a corner. Yeah. And he's got a competent head coach and a competent offensive coordinator with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. This team is fun. They've got playmakers. DJ Moore is invisible now. Mm. Christian McCaffrey came back. That didn't fix anything. Robbie Anderson has been invisible all season long. Terrace Marshall, I thought, was going to have a nice rookie season. He hasn't done anything. This Panthers offense is embarrassing. And Sam Darnold, 172 yards, no touchdowns, three picks. Seeing ghosts once against once again against Bill Belichick was predictable. And about the only thing... That went as chalk as we all expected on Sunday. Yeah. I have to say there was one certain point I think I tweeted out. Like, 
is Sam Darnold good? Question mark. Yeah. And that was week one, and it was against the Jets. And there then were, they beat the Saints. And, but there was, right? There was a little glimpse of hope. There were three weeks. Hope. They were 3-0. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's playing good football. I put together a mashup of plays and was like, this looks like progress. And he has regressed immensely. Yeah. Or he just is who he is. And that's probably more likely the case. That might be the case. Uh, my big Al, unfortunate because I, I was going good, going steady. And I talked about this with you, you and our producer. You were weekend. I was. And the, and the Pats was the one play, like you mentioned, that was a pretty comfortable play. I thought that when I was looking at the look ahead. Um, and that was pretty sweat three, minus three and a half against the Panthers. Chargers, close cover. Minus two. Wasn't sure if it was going to. It was a sweat. They ended up covering. And then the Rams, which I thought was going to be that one, you know, seven and a half to the Titans. In, in terms of the Von Miller and the Derrick Henry situation, I thought it was a lock. Not a lock, but I thought it was going to be pretty comfortable. And it wasn't at all at any point in the game. I went into it actually before even kickoff saying, I have a weird feeling about this. I wasn't sure why, probably because I got out of the other two legs um, relatively sweat-free. But they didn't. They lost to the oh, Titans. It, it wasn't. No, I, but like, the Patriots was so easy that, yeah, I, you know what I mean? Like, when your first leg hits and then the second one, by the third, I was like, I just have a bad feeling. This is going to go terribly. And it did. Wasn't a close game. Uh, Titans won 28-16. And it was very unfortunate. I hold that L high. We're going to talk about a number of these games, but it's pretty wild to think that the Rams, Cowboys, Bills, and Chiefs yeah. scored a collective four <laughs> touchdowns. And only one of those came in non-garbage time situations. And that one was the Chiefs' first possession of the game. The Bills and the Chiefs got shut out in the second half. Looking forward to diving into that more as we go through these games. Uh, my, I've got plenty of else to hold per usual. Michael Carter, over 37 and a half receiving yards. He had 37, so that was sick. Love that. Uh, love that. The Ty, hook. Ty Johnson, who had been on the bench for most of the last two games with Michael Carter dominating reps, uh, was the one getting the garbage time run, ultimately catching a touchdown uh, in garbage time. Jets. Sneaky, almost had a crazy backdoor cover, mm -hmm. a la the Rams and Texans the week prior. Uh, Cincinnati, Tulsa was my favorite college pick. Cincinnati being snubbed out of the top four. Now we understand deservedly so. They were up 14-0 in the first quarter against Tulsa, and I said they are going to run away with this. They did not. They almost lost. They only won by eight. Um, so that was an L. And, and I think my most frustrating game, um, you know, there are a number of sides I was wrong on, but hard to really feel bad about the Cowboys being down at one point, thirty to nothing against the Broncos. The Raiders minus three against the Giants was one I felt really good about it. They've been a very resilient team. They smoked the Broncos and the Eagles coming off of um, what happened with John Gruden, and then they play the Giants. And the Giants are competitive, but and I knew that game wasn't going to be swept free. But the Raiders are the better team. I believe in their pass rush, their defensive line with Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby, Derek Carr been playing so much better football throughout this season than we've seen from him in years prior. But they lost that game. They had every opportunity to win it. Derek Carr throws a bad pick six. They were one of six in the red zone. They lost the turnover battle three to one. Uh, they missed a chip shot field goal. Derek Carr missed a layup touchdown to Darren Waller. I mean, it, it all adds up and then you lose by a touchdown and you're just like, gosh, I can't help but feel like I was on the right side of that game. Um, hard to blame the Raiders given the nightmare week that was last week in what has been a very tumultuous season for them. Um, and I think they will ultimately still be fine and be a playoff team, potentially even the AFC West champions. But 
that was a tough beat for me. I went on a radio show earlier in the week for a Giants podcast, and they asked me, you know, what do you think the odds are of the Giants winning? I say, I think the Giants have a chance of winning if the Raiders make the mistakes that will give the Giants an edge there, right? Because like you said, you were on the right side there. The Raiders should have won that game. But a lot of teams should have won this week, and they didn't. And that's just how week nine went. So let's get into it. Uh, Let's start with the Jaguars, right? Because no one, nobody saw this coming. I'm sure this wrecked many of your survivor pools. Jack shocked the world, upset the Bills 9-6, which, I mean, (laughs) can anyone put up points? Uh, 83% of the handle was on the Buffalo spread here. Of course, they did not cover, so a big win for the book. Before kickoff, Jags were getting 14.5 points, plus 800 on the money line. Headline of the game, which everyone was having fun with, Josh Allen. Bills, Josh Allen definitely did not have fun with this, but Jags linebacker, Josh Allen, versus Bills quarterback, Josh Allen. Jags defense forced 21 pressures, 15 hurries, four sacks, three turnovers. Bills couldn't even get out of their own way. A 2021 NFL high 12 penalties for 118 yards. Bills, Josh Allen, after the game said, well, he played like shit. And yeah. You did play like shit. The whole team played like shit. It was just not a pretty game. And you and I have talked about when we're looking at schedules and we're looking at matchups, this team's an out or, or this matchup's an outlier. This this matchup's an anomaly. Was this one, or did we just hype up the Bills too much? Did we downplay the Jags? How do you look at this game? I I mostly want to say that we can forgive the Bills and they're gonna be okay. But we've got enough evidence now to suggest they, they aren't the juggernaut, especially offensively, that they were a year ago. That's very much evident. This was insane to me because I was on the Jags last week where I said they might have a shot to compete with the Seahawks, and they got smoked 31-7. to mm-hmm. Then they play this game against the Bills, and their defense absolutely dominates a guy who was who will still probably be in the MVP mix in Josh Allen. But you hold them out of the, the end zone. Beyond that, you shut them out in the second half. Josh Allen and that Bills offense got into the red zone one time. Oh, God. Yeah. That's crazy. To, yes, you could, even if you hold them to field goals, whatever. But to keep them out of the red zone, every time the Bills crossed midfield, it felt like they took a bad sack. Very impressive game from Josh Allen. Elite memes of like the Michael uh, Jordan <laughs> last dance and I took that personally and it was when I get told I'm the the other Josh Allen yeah and I took that personally which it's just an elite meme in general um I love when that one's used it's usually a a can't miss (laughs) slam dunk but it's time to start looking at this Bills team in terms of what have they actually done this year they're five and three their signature win is beating the Chiefs handily but I think we all feel pretty comfortable saying the Chiefs aren't very good right and so then you have wins against the, the Dolphins, uh, the Texans, the Washington football team, and the Dolphins again. And you can't even say this is a look-ahead spot because they play the Jets in Week 10. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, yeah, they looked past the Jags because they had a big matchup. No. So there's some, some serious cause for concern with this Bills team. Their best game they've played all year was against the Titans, a game that, that they should have won. They went for it on fourth down inside uh, the 10-yard line, didn't get it when Josh Allen slipped in the QB sneak. But... Their offense isn't as efficient. The explosive plays are still there, but we're seeing regression from Josh Allen in terms of that short and intermediate accuracy, something that was an issue his first couple years in the league. Now, obviously, last year he was tremendous MVP candidate, finished second to Aaron Rodgers, but we're not seeing that same level of accuracy 
and efficiency from him this year. What do you think that he needs to get there? Is are there? I feel like there are pieces to this team, and maybe they're just not cl- clicking right now. Or do you think that there's? It's not a talent issue. It's an execution issue. Right. And you would like to think, again, with Josh Allen, uh, Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. Right. They certainly need Dawson Knox back, who was having a big season before he got hurt, and he should be back uh, in a couple of weeks. They should be able to figure it out. But it's hard when you don't have a running game, and you are relying 100% on that passing game. Josh Allen, the leading rusher for the Bills in this game, uh, with 50 yards, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss absolute non-factors you need to be efficient on early downs you need to be efficient over the middle of the field and Josh Allen right now again you're not seeing the accuracy and efficiency where things are coming in rhythm and on time very similar to what you're seeing from the Chiefs right now honestly I think their problems are very similar um that's the issue it's crazy the Jags won this game you look at their offense they produced a grand total of 218 yards 3.8 yards per play while converting on just two of 13 uh, on third down and they won, and they missed a couple of field goals. So pretty insane. Um, shutting out the defense or shutting out the Bills' offense in the second half. Very impressive. Give the Jags' defense their flowers. I mean, the Bills have to bounce back, though, right? They're laying 13, like you mentioned, against the Jets. I probably won't touch it just because after a loss like that, I don't want to touch any team, regardless of who they are. But well, and they got lucky. To, to they got lucky to cover against the Dolphins the week prior. Right. That's what. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm gonna have to check those MVP odds because I did have Josh Allen. I'm scared now. Let's move on to my Cowboys, man. As you guys know, I'm a Patriots fan, but I've been high on the Cowboys in another just ugly game. Broncos were getting 10 points heading into this, and then they crushed the Cowboys 30-16. to 16. Close to 80% of the handle was on the Cowboys spread. Another win for the book. Up until this point, the Cowboys were the only undefeated team against the spread 7-0. They really had no control of this game at any point, and Dak was back. Denver led time of possession 41 minutes to 19. And two two garbage time drives, Prescott had six completions for 79 yards, not characteristic at all from what we've seen. Broncos led 30-0 with under five minutes left. Like I mentioned, this was not in the Cowboys' hands at any point in the game. And I hate to ask the same question, but, like, did we overhype the Cowboys? I thought we talked about and we have kind of gone through their competition so far, and I feel like we agreed that they're one of the more balanced teams in terms of a balanced offense, passing and running game, a balanced defense, of course, having Dak at quarterback. But they had Dak back, and they still converted just five of 13 third downs. They went 0-4 on fourth down. Are the Cowboys good, question mark? Is this more of an anomaly, you think, than the Bills situation was? I think with the Bills, you have some legit concerns. The Cowboys, I'm not nearly as worried about. To me, this is just their absolute worst day, and you flush it and you move on. Nothing went right for Dallas. They were moving the ball early into Broncos territory, two fourth down opportunities that go awry, and the Broncos get up quick on them. And from there, the Broncos get a lead they have the ability to run the football. Javante Williams, 111, 111 yards on 17 carries, is a monster. And he had some angry runs yesterday. Shout out to Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football. Uh, that rookie, uh, Javante Williams, leads the NFL with 35 missed tackles forced. Melvin Gordon has been tremendous as well. We know the Cowboys give up yards. But for the most part, when they're scoring, teams have to abandon the running game. Well, the Broncos got a lead in this game. That's not something they haven't played with a lead a whole lot. 
in this uh, so far this season. But they dominated this game. They came up clutch on third and fourth downs defensively, and their offense ran the football at will down Dallas's throat. But you look at this game, it went so bad for the Cowboys to where they blocked a punt and Denver retained possession because it was still the punt still went forward, touched a Cowboys player inadvertently, Broncos recovered and they retained possession. You just look at that as a game where you say, it was bad, we got our butts kicked, mm-hmm. it was embarrassing, but you flush it and move on. Ultimately, the, the, the Broncos, while I still don't think they're very good, still an NFL team, and if you don't show up, you're going to get beat no matter who you play. And we saw that a lot throughout the season, but particularly on Sunday. So not freaking out about the Cowboys. Um, happy to bet them again next week and moving forward. I think if you're, if you're, if they're your Super Bowl team, you didn't love to see that, but mm. it was almost so bad that you just say, whatever, move on. Right. And after seeing all the other games, it's like, all right. So you still feel confident in my over nine and a half wins? Yeah, they're six and two. I know. I just like to hear you say it. <laughs> Um, I also want to mention this because Adam Schefter tweeted out at just because this was a crazy week. So at midway point in the NFL NFL season, here would be the current wild card weekend matchups. Patriots at Ravens, which I think I like that. Uh, Steelers at Chargers, Raiders at Bills, Falcons at Packers, Saints at Bucks, Rams at Cowboys. Would you take Rams? I'm just curious because we're talking about the Cowboys here. Rams, Cowboys after this week. Man, that's a good matchup. Right. I don't know who I would uh, take. I have no idea. I am so lost in terms of where the spreads like are. Who, right? Because every I, I don't time know. I look at a game and I feel good about it. I'm also in a, the point of where like I what if I bet something, whatever like kind of the fluky things that happen are always on the other side. Yeah. Like I go back even to the the Cardinals Packers game on Thursday night a couple of weeks ago and the muffed punt by Rondale Moore mm-hmm. and and AJ Green not turning around in the end zone. Oh. You're just like, yeah. God, <laughs> can your boy catch a break. <laughs> Literally. Uh, you mentioned the Cardinals. Let's talk them. 49ers were laying three. They get smoked by a Kyler Murray-less Cardinals team, 31-17. The line before kickoff closed with the Cardinals getting three points. That was after the news that Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, and A.J. Green were all not going to be playing for the Cardinals. Cole McCoy stepped up. He looked more than comfortable, went 22 of 26, 249 yards, 85% completion rate. Used his legs to 23 yards rushing. Cardinals running back James Conner had a huge day. 173 yards from scrimmage. Three touchdowns. Whoever had the ticket on that (laughs) probably had great odds. Uh, He now leads the NFL with 11 touchdowns, all scored in the past seven games. So maybe look for any time touchdown uh, moving forward. But also, this kind of seems to be the trend here. This was worse than the score showed. The cards were up 31-7 in the third quarter. 49ers really didn't have any glimpse of hope in my opinion they didn't do anything that really stood out impressive compared to this team who was playing with all backups how much more is this win for the Cardinals rather than the 49ers a loss for them it's a very impressive win for the Cardinals absolutely Colt McCoy he was better than anyone could have expected, but as a, that's why you have a veteran backup quarterback who can keep the ship afloat to where the efficiency you hope will be there, he'll take what's there, and he won't make the big mistake. And that's exactly what he did yesterday. Didn't take the big sacks, didn't turn the ball over. That's what you'd hoped. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't chucking the ball downfield. 
He did a uh, he did it with Christian Kirk on one big play, but for the most part, it's everything is ten yards and in. Take what's there. Everything's on time, and you keep the ball moving forward. And it helps when James Conner is churning out big time yards. Mm. Obviously, the run after the catch on the forty-five yard screen pass that went for a touchdown. He was very impressive. But you looked at this defense. Um, Jalen Thompson and Buda Baker, arguably the best safety duo in football. Marcus Golden and Chandler Jones have been lights out. Marcus Golden, three sacks yesterday. And what's he left with New York? He was sort of a journeyman, didn't get a big payday, and is still showing he's a more than capable pass rusher. He's been tremendous this year. That Cardinals defense continues to exceed anyone's expectations. Buda Baker had a pick. The panic button is here for the Niners. And I I can't fathom how it got this bad because I would look at the Niners preseason and say, on paper, sheer talent-wise, across the board, I would put them in the top five. Sort of like a team, the Browns, I would say. You're saying just Where based you say off across of the board, there's not an area you look at and you say, gosh, they just don't have enough there. Hmm. But the defense is getting smoked. The offense played okay yesterday. George Kittle was back, had 100 yards. Brandon Ayuk finally had a big game, 89 yards and a touchdown. They had to abandon the running game early, so Elijah Mitchell didn't do a whole lot. But Jimmy Garoppolo played well, 28 of 40, 326 yards, two touchdowns, did have a bad pick, but the defense couldn't stop a Colt McCoy-led offense. And so you look at where this team is at now, at 3-5. and five. Kyle Shanahan still says he's not going to pull the trigger and go with Trey Lance. Well, then what are you playing for at this point? And you look at, there's always going to be pressure on a rookie quarterback who is a first-round pick, especially in the top five, future franchise quarterback. That's the expectation. But there's even more put on a guy's shoulders when your team mortgaged their draft capital future to get you. They traded three first-round picks to get Trey Lance. There's even more on him now where the rest of the team seems to be floundering. Where we looked at this as a team where it's a great roster around you. You can come in. You don't have to be a hero because you've got a good defense that can play. You've got a good running game. You've got weapons around you. You've got a Kyle Shanahan-led offense where he's going to put you in good situations as a play caller. Now, all of a sudden, you have to be the savior because if you're not, you look at John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan potentially getting fired. And this team in back into the dark ages of 2014 to 2019 where they, I was there. I had a front row seat. I worked for the organization. I saw every game where they got the brakes beat off them and they were out of the game by the end of the first quarter. But how quickly you can revert to that if, if Trey Lance isn't the guy. And I hope he is. I'm rooting for him. And I think he ultimately will be because I, I believe in the player. I believe in the kid and the person. And it seems everything I've seen, this guy should be a stud. But the pressure continues to mount on what is going to be expected of him with each loss these Niners suffer now three and five. The back end of the NFC is a mess. It's only the halfway point, so they're they're not out of it yet. The season is not literally over. But they are in a major danger zone to where you can say, gosh, what is the silver lining here? And the silver lining is you really hope Trey Lance is the dude. But I still don't understand why they're not pulling the trigger and, and putting him in there. All of it is confusing to me. Kyle Shanahan punting in opposing territory down three scores <laughs> confusing to me. I don't understand how it got this bad in San Francisco, but it is bad. Well, the issue is, too, like you said, it's not necessarily the, the talent, and it's not like Jimmy G did terribly in this game, but when you look at Jimmy G, it's like 
is there really that much of a ceiling if you're talking silver lining? It's like, think about the guys in that locker room. At this point, what is there to look forward to? You know, it's like Jimmy G's doing all he can really out there, right? There's not much more to expect from him. You guys are losing to, to backup quarterbacks. I don't know if it's the year of backup quarterbacks or what, but, but they seem to be doing a hell of a lot better than, than a lot of the starting quarterbacks right now. That's been my take on Jimmy G for months, years. The ceiling is only so high, but he was starting because this was a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and Kyle Shanahan said Jimmy gives them the best chance to win. Well, they're not winning with Jimmy. Mm. So at what point do you make the switch? I don't get it. We don't have the answer. Oh, get it. Unfortunately. Um, and now the Niners have to face a pissed-off Rams team. So good luck to them. Getting four points, I don't know if that'll be enough, but we will find out. I want to wrap up with uh, Chiefs-Packers. Chiefs get a big home win, but they can't cover. Laying seven against the Packers, 13-7, the final score. Just over 81% of the handle was on the Chiefs spread. So another win for the book, another loss for us Joes. Aaron Rodgers out, and if you know anything about football, you read all of the headlines. Jordan Love in. Love was 19 of 34, 190 yards, one touchdown, and an interception. Packers did scoreless until late in the fourth. Aside from scoring, the Packers actually led in most stats, total yards, first downs. Chiefs averaged under four yards of play, the lowest Mahomes had in a game in his career. He only had 166 passing yards, but in the end, Really, the only stat that matters is the points that you put up on the board, and the Chiefs put up more. What does this tell you about the teams? And what is your take right now? We can talk the stats and we can talk the actual matchup, but what is the locker room looking like right now with the Packers and all of this Aaron Rodgers drama? I have no idea. I don't think they're surprised. They've been around this guy for a long time. They probably know he's a little bit of a kook. <laughs> That's I mean, a good way to put it. Seriously, the whole, the whole Pat McAfee interview last Friday, was it? I mean, was tinfoil hat on your head mm. insanity? <laughs> so I think probably a lot of them said that's kind of par for a course. He's a weird dude. He's just really good at football. Mm. My big takeaway from this game was I was so thankful I didn't bet it. Same. Because that's what if, I said. Because if you had the Packers, you're pulling your hair out all game long because they're missing field goals. Jordan Love is throwing interceptions in the red zone. They should have been covering the entire game. If you had the Chiefs to lose that on the backdoor cover, the last five-minute touchdown, you can only score 13 points. Their only touchdown was their first drive of the game. They got shut out in the second half. Their best drive of the game was that game clinching, uh, ice the game, four-minute, 54-second um, drive after the Packers' touchdown where they salted the clock away, ended up taking knee to win it. That was when Patrick Mahomes made his biggest throws. Mm. But 20 of 37, buck 66, one touchdown. Woof. Again, you talk about things. There's nothing happening in the, the natural flow of the offense. Everything is take the snap, look for a hot second, bail on the pocket, scramble left or right, and try to make something happen. And it's just not happening at the rate we saw in years previously. I don't have any other takeaway. I think the Packers are a very good team. Tip your cap to the defense that kept the, the offense in it. You talk about... I mean, potentially terrible picks. Trading up for Jordan Love was confusing then. It, it remains confusing now based on what we saw from him in that game. And the Chiefs just aren't very good. So, mm. yeah, my, my big takeaway was that I'm very thankful I didn't bet it. Same thing with the Chargers-Eagles game where there are four straight touchdowns scored. Oh. That was a wild game <laughs> in a wild Sunday. You mentioned 
the Chiefs are still bad. Like that that's the thing going into this everyone's like, oh this is a big game for the Chiefs. Not really cuz when you go into a game knowing that Aaron Rodgers isn't playing, it's almost like okay, you probably should win this game, right? <laughs> and if you didn't, then I think it would say more than the fact that you did win it. Like you mentioned, you just put up 13 points. So It's just not a game anyone in Kansas City is feeling good about. They're not waking up this morning thinking, gosh, our guys have figured it out. Right. Because they haven't no. at all. A lot more to figure out. And the Chiefs will go on to face Vegas here in Vegas. They're laying three. Packers laying five and a half at home against the Seahawks in week 10. Joe, we're going to get to tonight's exciting matchup. But first, let's talk promos over at WinBet. New users, deposit $20 or more. Make your bet with minus 150 odds or greater. Receive double the amount of your wager as a bonus. And if you just go to the app, go to winbet.com or go to the app on your phone. It'll be right there on the promo. We have a whole tab of promos. So head over there um, and get all your freebies and all of your promos for new users. Monday Night Football. Let's wrap up week nine. A gross game to end a gross week there's no other way to do it baby bears getting six and a half against the Steelers total set at 39 Steelers have won three in a row Chicago are 0 and three straight up and against this red in the last three the Bears are the worst team in the NFL in terms of scoring not even 15 and a half points a game Justin Fields has thrown three touchdowns and seven interceptions this year they rank dead last in yards per game I am not touching a side here. I, I would lean Steelers, but I'm not going to touch a side. I'm going to go with a prop. But before we get to that, what's your take on this wonderful game? Stay away, stay away, <laughs> stay away. In a weekend of chaos and underdogs, this could very much be, again, the, the final um, domino that falls in terms of underdogs potentially covering, if not outright winning but I can't stomach betting on the Bears, period, and I can't stomach laying six and a half with the Steelers, so I'm going to stay away as well. I hope to see the Bears win just because it's fun to see young quarterbacks play well, and I want Justin Fields to be oh, so a future star in this league, and he's had moments that have been brilliant. He had some against the Niners, that 22-yard uh, touchdown run scramble on a fourth down against the Niners. It was one of the plays of the season, and that he's had several of those also with his arm where you say, oh, there are the traits. That's it. There's that glimpse of what the ceiling is, what the upside is. Mm -hmm. They have to find a way for the offense to not take a sack on every other play. And obviously, that's um, you know hyperbole, but um, the Bears' defense or Bears' offense has been just horrific protecting the quarterback. Uh, and the Steelers' defense ranks number three in pressure rate. So you would imagine that the Bears' offense has having the, the worst adjusted sack rate in the NFL is going to have a tough time. Um, so I would lean Steelers, but I'm going to stay away and go the prop side for my winning pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with the prop. I'm not even going near a side or a total because God knows what's going to happen. If you want, <laughs> and our producer Jeremiah Crow said this, and it, it makes a lot of sense. If you want to get ahead of a Week 10 teaser and get one early check Good uh, on that card, Steelers and a six-point teaser to get to a pick em makes sense. It's so weird to think, too, like Big Ben versus Justin Fields. Like, my confidence not that much more in, in the Steelers at this point, but they're two completely different quarterbacks, completely different experience, which just goes to show how ugly this game is. There's like a 30-year age difference. There is, yeah, and they're both just not doing great. All right, my winning pick for Monday Night Football, Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson over 
and a half receiving yards at minus 125. He leads his team in receiving and targets right now. He's had 13 targets in three of the past five. He's hit this over in three of the past five, shy three points or less in the other two. The Bears are allowing third most yards per target to opposing wide receivers. And the Steelers have been relying on the passing game, throwing the ball in 62% of their plays from scrimmage this year. It is a high number, but I don't think it's too high for how involved um, and targeted Johnson has been up to this point. Yeah, I'm going to go player prop as well. Najee Harris over 79 and a half rushing yards is an absolute no-brainer for me. He's hit this number in each of their last three games, and the Bears have been absolutely terrible against the run. All season, they're 25th in yards per attempt allowed, but over the course of their last three games, they've allowed 5.5 yards per carry and 160 yards per game. Elijah Mitchell went for a buck 36 last week um, against this defense over 79 and a half in a game where the the Steelers should have a positive game script mm-hmm. all game long. I love this spot and and we'll be betting it uh, accordingly. I am also on that with you, Joe. I will be tailing you. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. To a better week 10, right? Cheers. <laughs> or a strong finish to week nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm already looking at it. Really? I'm like, let's just get yeah. this damn week over with. Uh, All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We will see you on Thursday.